Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Ephrata Community Church Weekly Podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, Ephrata Community Church. It's great to have you joining us once again for our weekly podcast where we take time to break down what God did the previous week in service, take some time to look ahead. Joined here with our pastor of advancement, Jim. It's good hey, to have you on. Man, we had a good time at the congregational meeting yesterday. Yeah, that was amazing. I didn't realize it was an hour and a half long. I only thought it was going to be an hour. I know. Almost <laughs> all the Eagles fans <laughs> felt that way. At the exact same oh. time we were holding our congregational meeting, Philadelphia Eagles were playing the Washington yeah. Commandos. They were winning. All that yeah. to say for those of you who I like how you call nothing. them the Commandos. What are they? The Commanders? The Ers, yeah. The oh, Commanders. I am about Which is better than the Washington football team. Just That's right. Oh, no. I thought the Washington football team was brilliant. Because whenever you'd see teams like the Eagles are playing the football team, yeah, I was yeah. like, that just sounded cool. That's awesome. Anyway, wherever we're at now, let's it's like back Facebook going by Meta, right? Kind of thing. It's just I know that really bothers you, which is why I said it. It does. Meta is a term that no one, one person should be able to get, but it doesn't surprise like me. The football Facebook team. Oh, this is the football team. But the congregational meeting. Oh yeah, back we're to that. About. That's what the whole. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Is. Hey, we encourage you if you were not able to make the congregational meeting, can't encourage you enough to uh, check out in this week's e-news, you're going to find that we have a link where you can go watch a video recording of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think you'll also be able to find it under our media link on the webpage mm -hmm. within the next day or two. The reason I say that is because each of our three major areas, ministries, operations, and advancement, all gave reports on what the Lord's been doing. Yeah. But I think more than anything, man, the last 10, 12 minutes of Kevin just sharing his heart on what he thinks the Lord is doing in our midst and where mm -hmm. he thinks the Lord's taking us. And he even put some time frames of what yeah. he felt, um, how immediate the Lord is going to be. It's really worth catching. So yeah. whatever your relationship to our community, um, particularly if you consider yourself a regular part of it, can't recommend enough catching that last couple minutes. Yeah, and also, if you didn't watch it yesterday, there were four or five different uh, church plants being launched out, one of which uh, was, well, anyway, as I sat there and listened, I was thinking, man, I wonder how much all of this is completely new to the entire congregation. Oh, I guarantee you. Right. Yeah, yeah. On purpose. Yep. Uh, and so uh, with the DMM movement and uh, as well as, you know, what God is doing in Strasbourg there. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'd encourage you to check out that meeting and catch those details. It's That's right. Fun. And just to let you know, in case you are the type that just all of a sudden tuned in, aren't going to be able to check those things out. We're talking about five different groups of individuals who said, hey, we're going to trust God to be doing something specific, church-like yeah. in different areas of mm -hmm. this county and beyond. And uh, Waypoint in Strasbourg is a prevailing model church that we are considering or is launching in mid-October that right. we're going to be in indirect support of, um, mm -hmm. which is how we think relationships work, as direct as they need us to be or as indirect. Right. So there are some exciting, just I would call them natural ways that we're growing. Yep. Um, and you know what? It's partly just because of the overflow of what God's doing here. Can't mm -hmm. talk about it enough, right? right? Um, now let's dive into the message. What do you What do you think, man? You what were a service pastor. Great yeah. job, by uh, the way. Thank you. I was service pastor. And uh, yeah, well, we continued our series on... Uh, what did you ask about him? You know, instead of our You Asked For It series, it's what did Jesus say and what makes you wonder about what he meant behind what he said. Kevin tackled a very lighthearted subject uh, this past weekend, of course. Blasphemy uh, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. That would be, I should have read that question in. I would love to speak to that. But, well, it's um, talked about in the passage we looked at. Yeah, yeah and so the 
um, the, just the reality of what does it mean for demonic oppression or possession and how do we reconcile what Jesus said in that passage um, where the second condition is worse than, worse than the first with our uh, experience today. What can we expect from that reality to influence us today? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Kevin, you know, the whole message, he brought about a lot of just proof texts for the reality that we need to have a what's a, a uh, worldview that allows for the spiritual realm. Yeah. American Western mentality doesn't really allow for that. The naturalist versus the uh, East mm-hmm. Eastern perspectives that allow for that spiritual worldview. Uh, I think that was really excellent. I think it was good. I know Kevin remarked he was surprised that it was received to the extent that it was. Yeah. Uh, because he did of, his little funny joke about, oh yeah, we all know that that doesn't happen correct. here, right? Yeah. And everyone in all three services laughed. Yeah. Because we recognize, come on, man. Yeah. Demonic activity, demonically informed activities happen all the time around right. us, right? Which was helpful, I think, for Kevin to not feel like he had to hit that harder than he needed to because it's like, oh, we're we're already there. Okay, I can move forward then and hit some other things, which. I don't want to go zero in on that one point right away. However, I already set it up like that. Uh, I loved how oh, Let me he... do a little setup before. Okay. Go ahead. In the English language, once more, say that again. No, I didn't go. catch what you said. You go. Are you I, sure? I have a thought. Yes. So I, at this point, be done. I set it up to this point where I was going to say, Jim, I know that you wanted to set this point up. And so I'd love to turn it over to you to set this point up, if you don't mind. Well, no, I want to share with you first before I set that point up. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I just want to share something that struck me that I hadn't yeah. thought of before, which strangely, like I, I remember thinking later in the day, like, why did I not think of that? Um, but uh Kevin alluded to something where the demons actually say, we will go back to our yeah. home. Yeah. Um, and then he said, hey, that's what I believe a stronghold is in this, is right. once the devil is pushed out or demonic activities pushed out of an area in our life, we must then make sure we dismantle the stronghold mm-hmm. so that it has no place come and return to. Because I think Correct. some people have misinterpreted that passage to think, oh, we're the house. Right. That demon left. We set it in order, and how can demons then come back and take it over? Well, what Kevin was reminding us is, hey, um, you can set things in order, but if the stronghold isn't dismantled, you can think that you have all these things set in order, but there is that hidden little place that that demonic activity can come back into. So what is our role Mm -hmm. in dismantling strongholds in our life Mm -hmm. after we've had the gift of something being driven out yep. long enough for us to dismantle it. Right. That is a fun reminder mm-hmm. that there is this beautiful tension we walk in with the Lord of His incredible, sovereign, gracious ability to do something, yet His co-creating with us in our own spiritual lives of, and I need you to do right. this as well. And even yeah. there with Cain when he says, sin's trying to master you, but you must master it. There is an invitation to him partnering with us in this. And I thought it was fun the way Kevin set that up. Yeah, I mean, you call it a fun reminder. I think that was a new mindset altogether, a perspective people haven't really considered or heard before. Uh, and so, and, and it's not uncommon for people to have a, a very strong black or white perspective, which is to say, well, if I've been delivered from demons, then it's done. You know, then what is with this interaction? And, 2 Corinthians 10, Kevin brought up, which was, you know, stewarding the thought life is one example of how you maintain a clear and clean home where he can't get back in, right. right? And so there is the habitual lifestyle. How are you living day in and day out um, that you maintain this condition before the Lord where 
his, uh, where you walk in the power and promises of what he has set forth in his word, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Um, it's yours in Christ and yours in abundance and grace. All grace has been given unto you to walk this way. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Like all these passages can be undermined by bad habitual lifestyles. It's just, oh, this is how I conduct my life. And well, let's not be surprised then that you're lacking the vibrant, abundant life that Jesus made available to you, uh, which is attained through uh, just constant abiding in Christ, not just once a week, once a month, what have you. That's right. Yeah, and, and it's that vigilance in abiding in Christ. I don't ever want it to become performance in people's lives, but yet you couldn't help but sit in our weekend experience this weekend and go, wow, I'm being called to a, a, a greater vigilance than I might have operated in the right. past. That there, there, there are continuing strategies. Even if they've been driven back, there are continuing regrouping strategies right. that can take place. And it's something that I oftentimes pray over people if I'm part of bringing about a, a, a deliverance or breaking the works of the enemy in a particular area. I oftentimes pray for ongoing confusion in the enemy ranks in mm. that area then. Sure of this ability to regroup and I don't want us to live in fear of that as much as to remind ourselves of the authority we have in Jesus to be able to say hey you know what that authority has been won back by the cross mm -hmm. I'm learning how to apply it and let's just admit that learning how to apply it and walk in it the belovedness and the authority it's released to us is tricky business it is and it doesn't happen immediately you receive prayer and then immediately everything's fixed and you move on because Kevin was talking about I can't remember exactly how he was Oh, he said it, that but the Lord builds faith correct. and then builds strength. Right, right. And they're two different things. And how, and I usually, if I'm ever speaking on that dynamic, I, I say like, man, I'd love if the Lord would just zap me, is the language I would use, and just everything's taken care of. But in the absence of that, you can have um, a freedom experience in Christ through prayer, because Kevin shared this, and I never heard this said just like this, although as I heard it, I was like, you know what, he's not, he's probably right, but it was like, wow, I just found myself considering it, right? Yeah. And which was, it works 100% of the time. That's right. The prayer of faith that you would be delivered and set free is is 100% of the time the truth because of the name of Jesus, the That's power right. of his word, the power of his blood, 100% success rate. Um, and then what you, people are introduced into is the uh, walking out of that continual freedom because... Um, what one of the statistics, 60% of born-again believers in the U.S. would themselves say that they don't believe that the devil is an actual being. But the reality is, as soon as you experience that breakthrough moment, you then are going to be, what First Peter chapter 4, the devil prowls around like a lion, seeking to devour. Yep. Like You are then engaging in spiritual warfare to maintain that. That's right. uh, and the devil hates you, right? He's not taking, he's not taking his defeat without some attempt to come back and dismantle you right. and your faith. And so uh, then people engage what would be the, I mean, the devil's strategy. Did God really say that? Did that really happen the way okay. you thought? You, if you felt this, if that happened, like the freedom, then why do you still feel this way? Mm -hmm. Man, this is really the same way the life has always been. And, and then... That's the strategy of the enemy. Exactly, which is what he did. So in doubt yes. about what the Lord Sowing doubt. Said. Did God really say you observe it in the, in the garden? In Genesis, you observe it when Jesus was being tempted by the devil in Matthew 4. Did God really say, hey, if this is his word, then what about this over here? Um, and, and that is a trap. Now, we have tools to walk well in it, right. right? 
but we need discipled in those tools. Um, otherwise, this, the second condition is worse than the first, which, which is what Kevin finished what he with, built really. With. Yeah, he built two. Um, we'll talk about that. Which is, yeah, well, let's talk about it now. Do which it. is such a powerful moment of the second condition is worse than the first. And I love how he rightfully said, Scripture doesn't tell us what explicitly. But years that of experience of discipling years, in this area, have, I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, said. have led to this. Uh, that unbelief is a stronghold that sets in mm-hmm. when a person believed for something, maybe even experienced breakthrough for a time, but have found themselves back where they started carrying whatever it might have been, and then say, I believed for that at one point, but it didn't work for me. Sure. Um, and then they, they cast a, sh- a shade of doubt on all things. Yep. And then the devil tries to layer a little another layer on top of that, mm-hmm. and then another to the point where Kevin actually used the analogy that if a stronghold isn't properly dismantled mm-hmm. and a spirit of unbelief starts to settle in, it's almost like a force field you, around the stronghold, mm-hmm. meaning right. the Holy Spirit in trying to work with you can't even get to the stronghold because right. of this layering over right. of unbelief yeah. that continues to happen. Yeah. And the enemy will continue to layer over unbelief. Yeah. And so I think one of the things I walked out of that the, the weekend saying to myself is, Lord, if I've even unconsciously allowed unbelief to step mm-hmm. into an area, like how often I pray for people and have expectation, etc. Um, man, show it to me. Yep. Like, because it is such a little um, blind, like little foxes destroy the vineyards, right? Yep. They, they just get in, you don't see them working, they're fast, they move, yep. before you know it, they've ravaged the place. And yep. that's what we're trying to say is, Holy Spirit, come and show us even how we're not even seeing. Yeah, the ways that we've uh, given over to this unbelief. Yeah, and that's the nature of deception, isn't it? Oh. You don't realize it. And so, like, how do you get free from deceptions when you don't realize you think this way and it's wrong? Is is a posturing before the Lord, just as you described. It's humility to say, God, I can't know it unless you reveal it to me. It's, I love the picture of walking in the light. John chapter 3 talks about those who follow God will walk in the light um, and unbelievers will observe the light and then run from it, right. uh, which is... I just, that imagery, you know, to me helps me realize God will reveal um, if there's an area that I am blind to or, un, you know, whether I'm in unbelief or I'm believing wrongly, whatever that might be. Uh, so long as I continue to steward well what I do know he's revealing, you know, and I walk out of faithful, faithfully walk out what he's leading me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's right on. Yeah, he'll reveal those areas. Yeah, and I have to say this, that um, one of the ways, again, I was reflecting on this after both services, thank God we're a part of a community that reminds us of this. Because I consider myself a fairly resilient disciple, follower of Jesus. Yet I left this weekend going, oh my word, I I have some slippage in this area. I have a couple areas where I've had previous breakthroughs, oftentimes missionally, how I'm believing for God in the world and stuff. But it's slightly gotten overlaid with mild forms of unbelief feels strong, but I think it's a right word to use. It's actually like a mild skepticism or something set in that slowly becomes potentially unbelief, which then becomes cynicism. Um, And I'm like, Lord, I don't want that. But I was like so thankful. God, I'm part of a community that just weekend checked something in Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, thank you for that, right? And matter of fact, I think Kevin went as far this week of standing up there and saying, I'm asking you all to check yourself in this area right now. Remember at the end, every single service, he estimated how many are in the room. He says, I think there's 500 people in here. And he went as far in one service to say, 
that need to experience a mild form of deliverance in some area because right. if that's how the spirit of unbelief builds. It's slow, it's, it's insidious, right? And yeah. it gets into different parts of our lives. And I want to welcome that. And yeah. I, so I'm encouraging some people, and I've wanted to say this, I've been thinking about this since yesterday. I want to encourage, if there's one message this year I want to encourage you to go back and listen to a second time, I listened to it three times this weekend. And I'm telling you, I was impacted all three times. Yeah. All three times. And I'm like, man, this might be one where I, as one of your pastors of advancement, I think a pastor of discipleship might concur with me. Go back and watch this one again. There's something there for you as an individual and us as a community. Yeah. If that for I think nothing, the Lord's setting us up. Right. If for nothing else, it would be for the uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you to say, Lord, is there any area of unbelief in my heart? Because yeah. that point, the way it was communicated, is so sharp. Uh, not just in, in Kevin speaking it, in the Holy Spirit's ministry, piercing your right. heart with it. Um, like there's a spiritual dynamic that takes place at that moment where you realize, wow, if the second is worse than the first, it's worse because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. And man, do we not all have an experience where we believe for something and it didn't turn out the way you would have assumed or expected? And you have to navigate that, hopefully well, but you have to navigate it. And many people are like, yeah, I know that wrestling match all too well. And others yeah. might go, that's exactly where I'm at right now. Oh yeah. And the invitation then goes without saying, go before the Lord, one, repent for unbelief. Because yep. yep. Hebrews 3, do not let an evil unbelieving spirit be there. Uh, that leads you away from the faith. Like it's it's an it's not just oh I don't believe. Um, it's a spirit of unbelief, right? It's an evil spirit, which is different than not having faith for something. Absolutely. Those are two different things. You better believe it because you can say I oh, no. I believe help my unbelief or exactly. or Lord you're saying this. Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm not sure I'm fighting this fight of faith, right? Which is very different um, from I am actively in disagreement with or completely unfazed by it. Exactly. You know what, I'm just going to yeah, live my life. This isn't about a lack of faith for something Correct. that hasn't been released to you yet. This is about right. regressive behavior. Yes. In other words, where you previously had, had faith and yep. you've regressed back from Correct. it, right? Yep. Whether that's OCD, whether that's the way you view finances, whether it's a belief for a relationship or a wandering child or something, the Lord was wanting to break unbelief. And yeah. man, that's one of the reasons I want us to watch it again. Kevin's prayer at the end right. was the rare prayer where Kevin stands up as lead pastor with the authority given him by the elders in his community under the commission of God, he stands up, he says, I'm breaking unbelief in yeah. as a community. Yeah. So not just as individuals, right? Yeah. Like well, I wonder at the communal effect of unbelief being broken. So we believe in words of knowledge and prophetic things, of course. And during the service, third service Sunday, mm -hmm. second service on Sunday, third service on the weekend, um, and uh, a woman came up and said, Hey, I really feel she was this is the first service she's attending. She said, I feel like the Lord really wants to address unbelief this morning. <laughs> And I said, you don't say. You know, I had no idea what the service was going to be. <laughs> yeah, about, right. I, and, and she shared it. I really feel like we need to go after unbelief. Right. And I said to her, um, that's exactly what we'll be going after. Thank you for confirming it. Right. And she went and sat down in peace. And I went over to Kevin and said, hey, by the way, um, you're just receiving prophetic impressions. People are saying unbelief. You know, it's something we need to go after. That's right. Which just teased the ball up even more uh, to just swing. And, and which is why we can sit with confidence and say, you meditate on this message or you go back and rewatch it, yeah. there's more. Yeah. There's there and let it break what it has to break. I know we're hitting time. There's one more thing I want to say. Go, Matt. Uh, go. And there's a difference between maybe some people might think, oh, I don't deal with unbelief. Um, because of, you know, I believe God is who he is and his word and and there can be this spectrum of like, I'm not that bad, so therefore I don't deal with it at all, perhaps. Um 
And it was a couple years ago I was writing my, I was reading a scripture, a passage, I don't remember which one it was, but it was a promise of scripture about who God is or what he would do, his nature, his promises. And then I moved on from it just to keep reading. And I immediately was arrested by the Lord where he said, any promise that you read or learn about that doesn't provoke you to act on it is a promise that you don't believe in. Um, and it oh, is a pers- real. <laughs> it just perspective shift for me to say, oh, I, we can we can believe it in word, but not in action. Oh, that's oh, I love God. That's who He is. But then not ever seek God for the fulfillment of a promise. Sure. And God said it's the same as unbelief. Like, sure. and He spoke that to my heart to really arrest it in, a, in an appropriate way to say, yes, I say yes to that as a promise. Am I actually living out of a faith that that it, it's Right. It's, a promise, it's a promise, not just, oh, here's some good thoughts. Right. So right. well song, wishes towards you. One of the centerpiece you know. worship songs yesterday. I believe a breakthrough's coming. Oh, yeah. I believe a miracle's happened. God's made me a promise and he won't back down. Right. right? When, when God has released a promise, man, that's something serious I hold on to. And believe me, I'm a big believer in presumption and hope as part of the faith walk too. I presume because of God's character. I hope because I have a sense he's doing something. There's a cloud on the horizon coming toward me. A promise, man. Right. We believe the Lord's Made a few. As a matter of yeah. fact, specifically, it's also why I encourage people to watch the tail end of the congregational meeting where Kevin named some promises yeah. he believes the Lord's yeah, made yeah, toward yeah. us as a community. And we're holding on to them and going after them. You want to be fully aware of that. It gets to, I know, dude, it's a gift. I just, yeah, one more time. You're allowed one more thing. Okay. Oh, my word. The man. same thing one more time. It is to say that I've seen it myself and I've been with others where they say, oh, I believe that is a problem. I believe God, all these things. And I, if you're listening, I would encourage you to say, Lord, is there anything that I believe in word only? Mm-hmm. I spout it, oh, I believe in that. But I actually, my actions would would show that I actually am not living out of a That's faith true. for it. Um, not that we have to work for anything, but it is to say, Lord, there I... There is something to be t- taken a hold of. Correct. So, it's there, right? So good. So good. All right. Hey, man, we have, uh, we are not done with Take One Step. You all know that here we, in September and February, we really encourage, hey, man, take one step, see what the Lord does. Yeah. We saw close to a thousand uh, members of our community, uh, people yep. that are a part of us, take one step. We just want to say we are so proud of you. We believe that the Lord will take your step and multiply it mm-hmm. for you, your family, for your callings, for your vocational lives. But we just want to say there's three more that still remain opportunities of kind of formal training that we're doing that is available yet this week. One of them yeah. starts tomorrow night, which is the HarvestNet School of Ministries, Open Heaven Spiritual Gift Intensive, focusing on the gifts of healing and prophecy. If you want to take a next step, matter of fact, Matt Sorge tomorrow night speaking on the biblical foundations of prophetic and prophetic ministry. is an amazing thing. We encourage you to go to harvestnetsm.com or go to our webpage under Take One Step. Go to HarvestNet. It'll take you to a page where you can sign up for that. Mm -hmm. There's also the Institute for Christians Learning Old Testament Survey. You need a refresher around your love of the scriptures. You're in that dry spot where you don't feel like they're speaking to you. I will make you a personal guarantee. Mm -hmm. You sit under Dr. Tim Valentino's gift of ministering the power of the word to people for four Wednesday nights starting on October 11th. Um, You will encounter something. Sign up under the ICL. Last but not least, what's the third one? Uh, Art of Neighboring. neighboring. Dan Golnick. Dan Golnick, right? Next Monday. We are believing for um, an uh, an increasing uh, awareness of the weight of glory that's on all those we run into throughout the days and believing that God will position people in our lives that we can actually then are people of peace that not only we can encounter their lives, 
but their lives are linked to so many other lives. Art of Neighboring focuses on that and so many other so things. Good. Sign up for it, people. I just love all the discipleship offerings. We're above that. You mentioned close to a thousand. I mean, you throw serve teams into that. Yeah. We have well over a thousand people that are actively engaging um, God through service or through uh, receiving tooling. So anyway. Good stuff. I could talk all day Thanks about for your stuff. part in making it happen. Oh, of course, of course. Hey, we appreciate you and we believe the Lord is for you, not against you, and we hope that carries into the week. We know it will. Take care. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us at effortacommunitychurch.com. Effort